Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 173. Welcome back, Adamantimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been a busy week here in Toronto. We have a brand new mayor. I myself was at the Canada Gold Cup game last night at BMO Field. And on Sunday night, I was at the AEW in New Japan Pro uh, wrestling event at the Scotiabank Arena, which had one of the best wrestling matches I've seen in years. And at the end of the week, I'll be heading to the island of St. Lucia for my honeymoon. So there won't be an episode next week, but we'll be back shortly after that with a new episode for you. But no need to get too far ahead of ourselves because we have a great episode for you today. We've got a Toronto band uh, featured on this week's episode of the Adamantium podcast. I guess more specifically, they're based out of Vaughan, Ontario. And I'm referring to the band Stuck on Planet Earth. And if you haven't heard them yet, go check them out. They have one of the best rock songs that I've heard this year. It's their latest single. It's called Crack in the Glass. Go check it out wherever you find your music. And Adam, Al, and Andrew join me right here in the Bird's Nest, a.k.a. my kitchen. We are a table full of A-names, and uh, we had a great chat, great conversation. I love the ones that we do here in the Bird's Nest. They always feel a little bit more chill, more relaxed. And we chat about everything from the new single to uh, when they used to play unannounced shows at high schools to being in an episode of Sex Life on Netflix, and even recording a Christmas song with Lawrence Gowan of Styx. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Uh, it's a good one, even though I'm totally biased and say that about all the episodes, because it's true. But this really is. And don't worry if you are new to Stuck on Planet Earth's music, because you will find out a lot about them in this episode. But we're also going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. And that is where I recommend five songs by the artist that you could check out before or after the interview. You can also check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. It has a selection of all the recommend segments from all our episodes. It's a great way to discover new music. It's also just a really badass playlist. So if you're an Apple Music subscriber, go and check that out. And so starting this segment, I always like to start these off with something new. And so I'm going to recommend that new single, Crack in the Glass. It's personally my favorite song by Stuck on Planet Earth. Like I said, it's one of the best rock songs I've heard in 2023. Very proud that it came right out of here in Toronto. Next, I'm going to recommend a single that they released last year. It's called Makeshift Paradise. And then going back to their debut album, which came out in 2020, I'm going to recommend three songs from that album. The first is called Ghosts on the Radio. The second song is called Skin Talk. That's the one that's featured in Sex Life. And then I'm going to recommend the song Higher Than the Drugs. And that's it. So if you are not a fan already, then definitely go check out Stuck on Planet Earth. You probably will be afterwards. And don't forget to check out the Adamantium playlist on Apple Music. If you are a first-time listener to the Adamantium podcast today, first of all, thank you so, so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you so much. Even if you only listen to one episode, one minute, uh, I am thankful for every second that you spend here. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to listen to another or go back through the catalog of over 170 episodes, you can hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. 
And those are the formalities that come with every episode. And with that out of the way, we can jump into today's interview. So here is episode 173 of the Adamantium podcast, which features the band Stuck on Planet Earth. I hope you have a great rest of your week and a beautiful weekend ahead. Oh, it's Canada Day this weekend. So enjoy the long weekend. That is, if you're Canadian, of course. If you're not, you're welcome to celebrate us as well. Canada Day is on a Saturday this year, so I don't. do you get Friday off? Do you get Monday off? Uh, I don't know. I'm flying away Friday morning, so it doesn't matter to me. I'll be celebrating Canada Day on an island paradise far away from here, and I cannot wait. So enjoy yourselves, have fun, be safe, look after each other. God bless you all, and we will see you for a brand new episode after the honeymoon. So we're here with the, the guys from Stuck on Planet Earth. Hello. Yeah. Uh, two Adams. Two Adams, <laughs> Two yes. Adams on this one. Alan H. So all A's. All A names, which yes. is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, welcome, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming over here. One of... Uh, I did an interview here once with the guy from the Spin Doctors, and he called this the... Um, the bird's nest. Nice. So, which Love now you understand, but it actually literally is a bird's nest with yeah. the, the pigeon infestation. And that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's start by introducing some of the listeners to you guys. Tell us a little bit about the band's history. So you guys, you're based out of Vaughn. Yeah. Do you, you all, but you all grew up in the, the GTA? Great well, I guess we grew, we, we started the band in Vaughn. We all live in the city. Andrew still lives in Vaughn now. Okay. Um, well, he lived in the city, moved back to Vaughn. Yeah, I did the opposite. Okay. Did the opposite. Yeah, he did the opposite. We live in the city, but yeah, we're originally from Vaughn, yeah. Okay. You, so you grew up in Toronto? North York, yeah. I grew North up, York. Okay. Yeah, GTA. Um, went to school there, grew up there, cut my teeth. Very nice. Queen so Street. where did the three of you guys meet then? It was, um, I guess, a high school thing. Then uh, Adam and I went to the same high school. I went to a different high school, but uh, I played in bands. Um, and one of the bands I played in was actually uh, Al's cousin. Okay. Uh, and then uh, they were older than me, so like they're like, "Listen, we're uh, we're going to we're going off to uh, to college. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to like you know play with my, my cousin's band or whatever?" And we just like okay. they actually Adam called me. He's like, "You want to play with us?" I said, "Yeah, let's you know." Let's, Rock a couple Try practices. Those. Yeah. And it just became, uh, yeah, we had all the same ideas, same... Okay. Same tastes. Same tastes. Uh, and, we, yeah, just started off kind of rocking. And you guys have been the same lineup ever since. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. yeah, been the same lineup. When we started the band, I mean, I've told this story, I feel like, a lot. But, I mean, for people that are listening, it's like we started the band in a different way because we were in high school, played a high school band, got Andrew to join, and then we started... We wanted to do things differently at the beginning because we didn't want to just go to play clubs right away. We wanted right. to build up a fan base because we had played in high school bands, but it was like different. And uh, we kind of came up in the more pop punk scene. Andrew was in like a new metal band. And we're like, okay, so how do we start a band and then, you know, have fans out of shows? So we, we came up with this idea called the Backpack Tour. Okay. And like we would bring uh, a camera, a video camera or and show up to high schools across Southern Ontario after school. Yeah. And we'd be with like acoustic guitars and we'd uh, show up unannounced and we'd play, like go right into the school, play in the foyer, fucking play in the, in the yard. Um, and we'd bring our acoustic guitars, we'd film it and the kids would leave for the day and yeah. we'd get a reaction out of the kids, hustle some CDs, 
most of the time we kicked off school properties. I was going to say yes. Most of the time, like, and we started in the winter, unfortunately. That was a stupid idea. So we had, like, kids throw some snowballs at us. We're playing, like, <laughs> batting snowballs with, with guitars. Um, but it worked because when we went to go play our first few club shows, the 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 shows were packed with these right. with these all ages kids that we had right kind of uh, gained. So how how you guys were in college at this time like that like just one year just one year, year, one one year, year, year so, so, so it like, made sense to go to the high schools yeah and then as we got older we started to get more facial hair and yeah it just like, it didn't really look weird it became weird yeah point, you can't do that there's a there's a, a age limit to doing that totally so then like what happened like. So you're on you're on an, in a school playing. You yeah. can't stop mid song, I imagine. Like get straight. Yeah, like, yeah. Mid song is a, is a the you, principal not coming out saying well, all the time. Yeah. Out of here. Some some schools it was like right away you'd have like a teacher going like yeah. who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. Get these guys out of here. And then you'd have some teachers that were like oh this is interesting. Okay. Maybe these guys are students. Like yeah. I, it they was just, it was a different yeah. reaction right. everywhere, but. Right away, we'd have about a good 10 minutes of performing until people start to realize, wait, are these students? Are these people just random, these people coming in? Like, What was interesting about it, it was the beginning of the We Day movement. And that, right. so that was like, a, a for people that don't know, We Day was like, uh, I guess, like a, a way to bring, I don't even know, what were they, what was it? Anyways, it was a We Day movement where they would do these events in these high school gyms. And we went to so many schools around Southern Ontario that... Kids started to like on Facebook t- demand us to come to their school, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was reaching like because some of the videos started to do pick up pretty well on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then some of like the student councils um, tried to get us in the school. So we ended up going from this backpack tour idea, playing in foyers, doing this like guerrilla style acoustic after school thing, and then all of a sudden like maybe doing this backpack tour twice or three times by the fourth time that we did it we were actually playing in like three or four of the high schools to like a thousand kids like a real show electric show so it it like kind of worked in our favor and it definitely like built up the 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 calluses you know what i mean like we were like we were doing something that was pretty pretty yeah and like good way to start cutting your teeth too like in totally the you know the grassroots of trying to get your music well totally and and we we saw it all we would face you know so much adversity Mm -hmm. kids like hate us kids would love us now it almost feels like it's one of those things it's like man if we had now it's like now that would be on tiktok in a second you know like I, actually you know what i was just remembering we went i remember we went to a school and we wore our halloween masks yes. yeah and i was yeah. like thinking i'm like we were carrying our guitars and guitar cases with halloween masks going yeah. into the school yeah we're yeah. not fly like, this that, day in the states you would have you guys probably would have been shot that's bad like, like, that's pretty bad security for sure like definitely to to your point it would potentially have more viral ability but i don't think we'd even get anywhere near the campuses of the schools these days because schools have security schools have all these things in place where like man we were literally pulling up in the school parking lot coming out with guitars and just kind of going and doing it it's kind of refreshing though because like you don't hear too much now like you know i formed this band in high school and here we are you know like you know, I met I met this one band. I like it blew my mind. It was like none of them had knew each other beforehand. They all met on social media. They were yeah. like from five different cities. One guy was like from Argentina. Yeah. And it was like how how did you get in the same room even? Like, yeah. Kind of like to me that was like unfathomable when I was in high school. You know, like. Well, for us, like I mean, 
we're all kind of cut from the same cloth, same age, same sort yeah. of experiences, same backgrounds. Yeah. So like for us, it was just, it, it was just like really, it felt very natural at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so it was like pretty seamless. So we've yeah. Yeah, known each other for a while. I always had a hard time getting like four guys to commit like at least once a week to, to playing. Well, yeah. well it helps that like, we, like we are our own friends group too. Like we're right. all part of the same yeah. friends group. So yeah. like, even if we were to like get into a fight, it was like, well, I would have to see them yeah yeah when we go out we're on the weekend the right friends, like yeah. yeah like but i mean that's the difference with 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 you know it's always funny with my you know my best friend growing up like we used to fight at lunchtime and by the end of the day it was like we're still hanging out at each other's house like <laughs> you'd have to make up yeah because you'd, you'd, you'd be you seeing each other grudges. yeah you yeah no grudges either so, uh, and Ali, Al, you're saying Al's cousin played too, but do you guys, uh, you guys from musical families, like any of your, your parents play music or what was, do you guys remember your kind of introduction to music? Or? For me, I was always exposed to music. Like yeah. my, my dad and my mom were always like bumping music around the house, you know, grew up on the Beatles, Gypsy King. So like, right. I wouldn't say call them musical, but like yeah. definitely music was uh, in the house for sure. Right. For me. Okay. Yeah. Same. I mean, my dad was a massive Elvis fan. I think my, my dad I think my dad wanted to play in a band yeah. and wanted to like be like the so-called rock star. Yeah. But life got in the way and yeah. he lives through me. Right. So I got to I got exposed to all that. Yeah. Had guitars around the house, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah. Funny, and my my parents uh, were heavy into Motown. Motown. So okay. I grew up listening to like a lot of the, the you know stuff that then. interesting like somewhat different <clears throat> styles yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 they all kind of blended nicely. I I think, but yeah, the yeah. Uh, like we 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 also had our 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 uh, similarities in terms of influences. Like you know when Blink One Eight Two came out and everyone right. was like, "Whoa, what is this? This yeah, is amazing!" Yeah. Fart jokes, but like we you know I I I have like my aunt and my uncle. My uncle was like a huge. It was into you know, like. Showed me Zeppelin when I was like ten. Right. And um, my, you know, I think it's also having older siblings. Yeah, that were I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we're all the youngest in our family, yeah. so yeah. we all have older brothers and sisters, and they were always turned on to like, you know, my sister was like right in the middle of the grunge era. Right. Same with my brother. So like, always kind of heard it, you know yeah. what I mean? But when you grow and learn to appreciate music, like, oh, you know, that's what that yeah. is. And I've been listening to Nirvana since I was like five years old, but never right. really understood it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you meant like my one of my first memories of listening to music was the Gypsy Kings actually. Oh, my dad too. Wow, hey, Gypsy Kings and the Bee Gees. My dad, yeah, and my dad, that was it. But uh, like one of my earliest memories, my dad and I used to like dance on the couch to the Gypsy Kings. Man, Bumbleo, that was very, that man. brings me some joy. Yeah. I've yeah. I've seen them uh, front row. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never you saw them front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gypsy king tried to uh, tried to pick up my girlfriend in the front really? row. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that at casino. Oh, gotta be like in their seventies now or something. It was one of the younger guys because okay. they they yeah. they turn they turn they over. They bring the family in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He slid into her DMs, so that's always really? a funny story. Yeah, yeah. Gypsy king, but um. <laughs> Now that music is very like nostalgic for me. So yeah, I you always used to talk about the Gypsy Kings. I guess you, you don't talk to them, talk about them anymore. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to always hear this guy talk about them. Yeah. Anyone yeah. said it? There, there, that's, <laughs> that's the that, That's the story. Yeah, slid into her DMs. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. Love that's them, man. So funny. Love them. That's really sock up free uh free free uh records on Kijiji. There was there was a girl I was friends with that <laughs> one time that guy from Headley slid into Ooh. her DMs and I was that's which, old now. Which guy? The guy. The guy. <laughs> the guy and oh. we're now we're all like good thing you never uh oh, shoot it. Yeah. that yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, cool. So very exciting now. You guys have a, a brand new single that's out, Cracking the Glass. I was saying it came on up. Before I got got asked about this interview, um, I heard that song on a playlist, and it's uh, it's fantastic. I think you know. Thank you. I have you know, I've been listening to you guys for a little bit, but I think maybe it's the strongest single I've heard yet. Sweet. So Thank tell you. me a little. One thing I had read that um, about this song was was you guys were a little hesitant to to record it at first. Yeah. Uh, because it was like a little bit vulnerable, or for sure. So tell me tell me a little bit about that. Like what what were you guys feeling? when you're writing that song and what was the hesitation? Well, that, that song was written during the pandemic with the batch of other songs like Makeshift Paradise mm-hmm. and Strange and we have another song coming out uh, this summer called Semi Stable. But at the time, that song was like just more vulnerable because a little more, uh, there's a lot of pop sensibility okay. in that song. So that was something that we were kind of, I mean, we're, we've always been, you know, we've always had those sensibilities in the songs, but also the messaging was just like, uh, it's about the dynamic of a relationship and like that push mm-hmm. and pull and the compromise that you have to make for for love or right. whatever it is, friendship, whatever whatever that thing is. And so when you come from like this sort of rock background, you, you know you're a little skeptical about some of the things okay. that you want to sing about or don't sing about. So when we um, when we started to put this song together. Uh, people at our label were like, man, there's something, there's something to it. Yeah, like, you guys should probably go down this avenue a little bit or like all right so yeah there's a little definitely a little bit of skepticism about the kind of the content of the song mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah i mean the the line that came to me when i read that too the i would rather be cold than lonely at least i won't feel a thing like, yeah it's kind of uh it's dark yeah a little bit yeah a little it's bit heavy. so um but you guys too content wise it's it you know, I've been hearing that you guys are, are kind of trying to tackle the subject of, of being a millennial in today's today's day and age. And so tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit in your opinion, what are what are the challenges of and I mean, I, I can relate. I mean, we realize we're all born in the same year. So, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit what you feel the challenges are for for us. You know, look, getting looked at differently whenever you're eating that avocado toast. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> It's people, people, people looking at you like this guy's never going to be able to afford a home with all that avocado. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's it's. I don't know, man. Millennials, we're we're just you know we're. I, I it's so much to say that I just I, I will just reserve. Go go ahead, Al. No, I, I, I just I, I yeah. just think it's like um, it's a big subject. It is a big it's subject. such a big. It's a big subject to tackle. I think that yeah. there's. I think we definitely have come up in an era where, uh, you know, mental health and anxiety definitely takes priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only a thing that's been talked about in the last few years. So that's definitely taken a toll on where some of the music goes, mm-hmm. but also it's just like social, uh, like just what's, you know, society expects of you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to sort of walk that line because you're like, man, on one hand you can, you can maybe be like everybody else or do what everyone else does, or maybe you just carve your own path. And I yeah. think, especially when you're three musicians playing in a band, you know, growing up, seeing everybody around you sort of maybe head off on that more, let's, let's call it normal path. Right. Right. Um, and you're sort of going the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely takes a toll on you after a while. Cause you know, you start to, you start to doubt things in your life and you start to yeah. look at things from a different perspective and be like, ah, oh, you know, am I making things too hard on myself? You know, yeah. should I, should I be doing what, you know, other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And I also think we're coming up in a time where everybody, everybody's looking at what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's hard when you have social media in front of you and it's like, well, look, well, look what this person has. And like, yeah. and then you go, well, I don't have that. And right. so 
there is that sometimes that void but compare items well, yeah. and yeah. and i feel like millennials like we we've learned from our parents and we've yeah. seen what they've gone through and you're yeah. like do i want to live that life but then you still kind of need to like insert yourself in there because mm. like you still have to pay your bills so to yeah. make money but you you you're aware enough to know that like you kind of want to do your own thing you want to mm. do something that may, actually makes you happy you yeah. don't want to get like stuck no pun intended like yeah well, I mean, the, the thing with social media too is you're always you're always looking at everybody's top five, you know, like five percent of their life. You know, you don't yeah. see. I know it's a yeah, highlight reel. The grass is always greener, and yeah. you know, and you know that. You know, but like, of course, but you know, sometimes but you still feel you get caught up in it. You know, yeah. it's funny because there's a line in it's strange, I think, yeah. where it's like watching your friends buy houses in the suburbs or All something. All my pals buying houses in the suburbs while I'm, uh, while I'm getting stoned, feeling low in the gutter. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I was thinking about that line and it's like, you know, those friends in the suburbs are probably looking at your social probably. media like, look how cool these guys turned out. They're in a band. <laughs> they're doing well. And it's like, I'm stuck out here in the burbs with the two kids and like I'm yeah. you know, cleaning up puke and driving them to the, school the, in the morning. The grass you know? is never like, grass is never grass greener. Is always greener. Yeah, right? yeah. And like this is what I could have done if I kept playing music or you know like I, I think so. I think being a millennial too, and maybe this is I speak to so many other people, but I think it's hard to just fully be maybe satisfied or feeling like content. Yeah. yeah. And I often think about like you know even. Like, it's funny with a band, you, you go through so many phases, and sometimes you think about this thing for so long, about attaining this thing, whether it's, mm. I don't know, let's use the example of, like, selling out a show at a club or something. Right. You sell out the show, and it doesn't feel the way that you thought it would feel, no, and you're like, right. well, I just want more. I want to sell out a bigger yes, show now, there's always something you know? And so, there's always this, like, uh, wanting of more. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's just I, a competitive that's human, nature. I, yeah, Probably, I feel like yeah, that's like, human uh, us as, as, you know, as musicians who which, are, are trying to like, you thing, know, right? absolutely. I think absolutely. so, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more like, I, I battle the idea of like knowing what it was like before having these things in our pockets where, you know, we, we had the windows to the world Yeah. Uh, where we were just, you know, able to just be kids and run around and get hurt yeah. and come home when the lights were coming off at the, you know, uh, yeah. the street lights were dimming or sorry, were, were turning on. I think that knowing that that like knowing that part of our lives and then knowing what is now it's like the 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 amount of attention that we spend on our phones amount yeah. of attention that you know it's just it's everywhere I can't even and we've fathom. experienced both sides exactly of we, we've seen both we've seen both so sides. knowing knowing that you know knowing where we're at now it's kind of just like that's that's what I battle it's just I like can't it, even fathom having a smartphone at like age thirteen no no, no having social no. media no. like going that would mess you up and having going through high school high, high school is hard enough like no, high school like calling media. calling cards in high school huh. yeah to yeah. go to do the payphone yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I had I got I got my cell phone it was like a flip phone yeah. literally in grade 12 like four emergencies you know? yeah. and that was it yeah. you know there wasn't even texting yet really no yeah. you know and like the thought now of having social media and like it's crazy now like yeah, yeah. but there's like there is benefits to there's it there's benefits because, too because like as, a, is, as like, a band you know we've also come up in an era of social media where we market ourselves yeah. you know we're, we're as good as we make ourselves so well, we, we can we can put ourselves out there and we can show people sides that like you know a band coming up in the 90s or the early 2000s would never have been able to no. do without having big bucks behind them or labels mm -hmm. or other people so now the fact that like you know we can kind of control the narrative of our mm -hmm. band that's our yeah. you know that's our thing that's what we have that's I, our stake i was like i was just telling you know the, the the interview i did before this one was with preston pablo who won a juno for best breakthrough artist he put out his first single and he was in high school and i was like dude that was that's unfathomable 
when I was in high school. Yeah. Like you can't have a single on the air. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like you're yeah you're a superstar if you do like yeah. yeah. It's like and you'd be walking through your high school as a king if you yeah. did, you know if you yeah. had a had a song that was you know a thousand people had heard even you know let alone yeah it's nuts but uh, but I mean it's 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 great that now you're right you can you can build a music library from your basement now you know yeah. and put it on SoundCloud and you're out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, out of the box, like you know, if you get a new computer, they they have all the technology yeah. necessary to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I think that's that's a really big thing for for people nowadays. But I mean, you know, uh, there's also a lot of correction that, that happens. There's a lot of things that you can you you don't have to be a great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think today you don't have to be be a musician at all actually to, right. to make make a song, but. I think uh, that that's also another thing, you know, that I I I, um, I guess I battle with, just like thinking about you know what was and what is. It's just like it's ah, dumb, it's, it was so cool back then, but it's like, but it's so cool now. But it's yeah, you know, that. it's really interesting. I just saw something online where it was like they got this. Uh, I, I don't know the person's name, but it was like world class celloist or something who you know, would play somewhere like Roy Thompson Hall and sell out at tickets $100 a piece, right? And they had them go play in a subway. Yeah, yeah. And the person made $30 yeah. in two hours, yeah. something like that. That was, right? in, that was in New York, yeah. It was yeah, in New York. Yeah, you saw yeah, that yeah, too? Saw that, yeah. You saw it as well? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, it's just opportunity at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. And I think one of the great things about having social media and being able to put your music out there is there is artists that are phenomenal mm-hmm. that we probably will hear that we might not have heard because yeah. they just didn't have the right opportunity but yeah but the one takeaway from that thing as well is just like you know it's also it's it's time and place and i think yeah. that um we always have been a really big uh, advocate for for that like you know focusing mm-hmm. on the time and the place the attention uh the atmosphere because like the 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 backpack tour was was something that what we when we thought of that it was like let's create that time and let's create that mm. place let's build that for for the yeah. the fans um and you know even with social media now like, i think that we're we're pretty i mean you know content is is, is really important um building the content find the time to build the content gotta make um, the content lots of content yeah, say, oh, content. <laughs> um but yeah i think like, you know if like he, he played i think that 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 gentleman played the exact same set at, at you know both at his thousand dollar or sorry hundred dollar ticket venue and in the subway and yeah. it was like some people stopped some people didn't but it was like you know the atmosphere it's like i think that the the, the social experiment that that was that i took away was like you know people are in the commute they, they're yeah. not they're, they're, they're thinking about the destination rather than the journey yeah whereas the people that spent the money it was because it was I that mean, was their destination you you take someone like like dave grohl if he if he wasn't a worldwide celebrity you know i mean everyone knew what he looked like you know, you would just think he was kind of some disheveled. If he was just playing guitar in the subway, you would think the same thing. Like oh, half the people would walk by, being like, "Oh, look! Listen to the noise this guy's making." Of course, you know? like, but you know, instead, it's like the Foo Fighters are probably maybe the most unanimously liked rock band in the world. Yeah. Probably, you know, and I'd say Nickelback is probably up there. Yeah, I mean, it's like one edge. Or you either love Nickelback or you absolutely hate. Them. Who hates Nickelback? No one hates Nickelback, man. Come no, on, no, that, that, great. No, Nickelback's. I think they were just getting played too much on the radio at the time. You know? Yeah. No, I think they're great. They were great. But you you guys are, are you guys all a Nickelback? <clears throat> Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Right. yeah. Absolutely. We're not haters, dude. Can't, yeah. Can't hate. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, as Canadians, you know, they they did. It's crazy that actually, it's strange to think being from Toronto, we have like four of the biggest artists on it's the true. planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. 
And Nickelback being one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think they had the highest selling single of the 90s. Sure. Probably, yeah. 2000s. Sorry, yeah. not 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so then tell, tell me about you guys. Your debut album came out in, in 2020. Good year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good year to release, release, you know, and especially for you guys, too, like, it, it took you a little while to get there. Oh, yeah. So tell me, tell me what was the, you know, the buildup to getting the album, the finally getting the album out? Yeah. Well, we, we released a bunch <clears throat> of like singles and EPs getting, getting, yeah. getting to that point. Um, and honestly, like it was just a, a combination of things. Like we had done so much touring across North America for so many years and we were just trying to build that fan base and, you know, building it one, one block at a time, whether it was like at college radio or radio here in Canada. Um, and honestly, when we, we signed to Anthem in 2018 and we sort of had a vision of where we wanted to go with the band. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of shed the, the past, uh, the past history of the music anyways, just cause we wanted to move forward and, and, and sort of, uh, move in a direction that we felt, um, suited us mm-hmm. and not that the past didn't, it was just time to kind of, yeah. if people were going to get into our band, we wanted them to see us in a new light, you know, yeah. almost in a sense, like re- rebrand the band in, mm-hmm. in a sense, um, and honestly, man, it was, it's, it's just been working at our craft, owning the skills of, of writing songs and um, trying to make music that we all really love and, and at the time that speaks to us on an authentic mm-hmm. level. Yeah. So uh, Beautiful Nowhere, I think, was just a combination of years of, of um, you know, grinding it on the road and uh, sort of realizing who we were as musicians and as songwriters mm-hmm. and... Uh, that record is still very special to us. Yeah. It just, it unfortunately came out at a time when the world was on yeah, shutdown mode. Yeah. So, you know, we had a couple singles at radio that we weren't able to really get behind and go to because sure, yeah. the world was upside down. Yeah. You know, t- tours canceled and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But it gave you guys, I think, a little lift. And like, here we are now a couple of years later and it sounds, I mean, I, Sounds like there's another album in the works now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I just read you guys were in Nashville. Writing yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so. we're, we're going back to Nashville at the end of June. We're going to be there for a while. We're working with some really cool people, and um, yeah, we're we're working on a second album right now. So yeah. it's um, it's it's great. It's great to still be mm-hmm. here and, and doing it the way that we want to do it. Yeah, and but also like the the way music's released is also super different now. Like you know. There's tons of artists who never release albums. Everything's singles because you can get it out there in years right away, right? Rather than having to wait three years till you've got a collection of. For sure. You know, so. Yeah, yeah it's well, the way music consumed now is consumed now is so different. It's so different, yeah. but. But to be honest, I've told this before. Like I remember, like when I was in high school, I went on like family vacation. I'd bring one CD with me and a Walkman, and I would listen the hell out of that CD. Oh, yeah. I knew the first note of the next song that was gonna yeah. play. Oh yeah. yeah, And now, and now it's like if I hear a song today, if it comes on tomorrow, I'm like, well, I don't need to hear this. I heard this yesterday. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, it is. It's the way of consuming so different, and. Um, Make, it makes me a little sad sometimes it's like the the art of the album is is kind of going the way of the dodo which is but you know what I feel like the album is still necessary it is it's weird you know, we, just, like, we listen to it differently mm-hmm. yeah like you would listen to that album a million times now yeah. it's like a band comes out I'll listen to the record and then you know maybe pick out a couple songs I like and I yeah, might go back to that you know mm-hmm. but 
I don't know, there's something, we still come from that era, like, especially millennials, we still mm-hmm. come from that album kind of era. But, it, I mean, it also makes sense, too, because, like, you think about an, an album, and it's like, when an artist releases an album, they might get two, maybe three singles off that album, which now it's like, if you release six singles over the course of two years, well, now you've already doubled the amount of singles that are out there. Yeah, it's just know? it's just strategizing in a yeah, different way. Like, sure. I, I think it's really cool, the body of work of an artist of course, through, through an album. Now, old school, like, yeah. Uh, I just think it's just presented differently rather than mm-hmm. coming out with a single on the album. Now I think it's like you release your singles building up until you have an album's worth and then it's like, here's my album. Yeah, yeah. And at least every song kind of gets the attention that it that deserves. Is, which is which is good too. I, yeah, I know, think it's, I think it's great. There is like on an on a typical album of twelve songs, like nine are kind of lost. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so tell me about um, you guys had on an episode of Sex Life on Netflix. You guys were featured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you got you were and not even just the song. You guys are actually playing. We we played yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That so was tell, tell me a little bit about that experience. That was dope. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was really so dope. Tell me what like how did that even come about? Well, uh, well, at the time, um, we had we have a new head of the label now. But at the time, our our head of the label knew someone in Hollywood that was like, I guess, doing music for the show. Okay. And it just I don't know somehow, somehow like you know, we, we, it's just connections, just connections. Yeah, yeah, it was it Hollywood was, connections. Well, it was, it's filmed in Toronto. <laughs> it, it was filmed in Toronto. Yeah, it's a Hollywood thing. Well, it, it just the, because that head was based out of Hollywood, she, she knew somebody that was working on the show or whatever, and I guess our song kind of fit. Okay. Our song, our skin they, talk. They like, had pitched a bunch of songs. Right. What, like, we were in the running with some other artists. We are like, oh, are they going to maybe choose? At least we were in the running of the pile of songs that could potentially yeah. get picked for the part, and they ended up picking us. But I think what so he did you say like, an email one day saying, hey, we're considering you well, to be in the no, show? No, our, our, our label like, was like, when they're. I, right. And the song, the song was kind of perfect yeah. for what the yeah, show was right, about of course. right so yeah we got and then the um, the producer of the show what was really cool is that like the songs that they did choose she wanted the artist to appear in the episode so every yeah. episode of the first season i think there's an artist oh there is okay. there's a there's a different song. artist like whether it's doing like a small little performance or a little scene like that's pretty cool so that was well, the character that presents us is like a, supposed to be an A&R for a record label. So I guess okay. there's that music connection in the show. Right. And that's why, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was filmed, filmed in Toronto during the pandemic. Okay. But what was good about that was we, uh, during the pandemic, obviously we couldn't do much, right? We right. couldn't tour. Uh, we couldn't uh, get out there to really promote the album in the way that we wanted to. So yeah. we were doing a lot of Zoom and live streaming and a lot of like social media stuff. So this was an opportunity to like... D- play ourselves on this show which was like which was good and then when the show popped off and like went to number one man we were like had so many people reaching out to us being like oh my god i saw you on sex life and like you know you don't expect that from a band right like you think oh maybe your song is in the show we had lines and stuff so it was like like, people reaching out that like you haven't talked to in like 15 years yeah oh yeah yeah. like that you'd be like this this person's messaging me and they're yeah. like, hey, I saw you on sex. Yeah. Like, Holy yeah. shit, I've been talking to And maybe they since. don't necessarily listen to like alternative music or rock music, right? right? So seeing you on there is like, you know, it's like as mainstream as it gets. Of course. And then like all of a sudden, you know, people are like, holy shit, you guys are on this show that seems, that's massive right yeah. now. So, 
uh, man, the experience was incredible. Have you guys ha- ever had any kind of TV experience before? Like, what was the what was know. it? I was a young young uh, young actor. I was a child actor. Yeah, I wasn't successful, but okay. uh, but uh, honestly, on, on IMDb. No, <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> no, and it, this, this was the this was the first show that uh, we got to do something. Like this. Door. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first show we got to do something like this, and uh, man, it was it was. Did a fun you do experience. the voice for like the Fox on? Uh, did a voice on Franklin. Franklin. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I grew up with did Arthur, but yeah. when Arthur's voice changed and everyone was like, what the hell happened to Arthur? That was it. No. Arthur because the original Arthur got too old. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely an experience. Yeah. Though. We had our own trailers. Like, okay. Yeah. So you got we each had our own trailer. Yeah, yeah. That was the crazy part too. Yeah. I didn't, we didn't even have to share a trailer really? with each yeah. other. Yeah. Okay. I think it's we just hung out in Montreal. Yeah, the end of the trailer. Part of me is in Montreal. No, it was no, here. It was here. Yeah. it was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere my, in Etobicoke. My cousin, I think, worked on that show. My cousin does wardrobe for. He's out in Vancouver now, but I think he was working on. Right on. He might have dressed you guys. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> no, you know what? Well, Actually, we dressed ourselves. Yeah, yeah, they, the, we the just they, wardrobe okay. came out. They're like, you guys are good. They're like, amazing, sick. Well, I saw two. You guys were. You think your most latest. Instagram post you guys were filming something and yeah a filming a music video, video for Crack in the Glass oh okay yeah so uh, that's gonna be coming out any day oh now. right because currently there's just like a lyric video or a, yeah, yeah okay. uh, not a lyric video just like a song on YouTube but but this will be the official music video okay, that's coming cool. out and um, yeah that was that was a lot of fun it looks, looks great so can't wait to awesome. show people can you can we talk about it all like, absolutely yeah where uh, so where did you guys film it what's, what's filmed the it concept at a, we filmed at a studio uh uh, in, in, on the west end of Toronto, and the concept just matches like the the contrast of the of the song. Uh, I don't know, it's contrast the right word. Matches the mood of the song, the okay. vibe. So it's just like very super simple, clean shots of the band. Um, almost, uh, I don't know what the effect is called. Kind of moving and different. Yeah, I don't know either. I, the camera stays still, but the band is moving throughout, okay. and there's different shots that kind of pan cool. in and out. So it's pretty pretty simple, but it's classic looking to sort of match the feel of the performance uh, video. Uh, Adam performs a little bit. Okay, yeah, a little performance. Little. Okay. Yeah. So actually, tell me about sorry going back to filming in the show because in the show you're not actually you're just like lip syncing, right? Yeah. 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 And then the song plays over. Was that weird? No. To do? No, because no, we've no. done a lot of music videos. Yeah. So. Same music videos is the exact same. same yeah. Same right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly what you think it would be they have you on stage it's like all right and action and then like it pans out and the song's yeah. playing you just start rocking out and then like a scene is happening while you're gotcha. kind of playing in the background like yeah all right let me i got a question for andrew well do you guys do you guys play on a, a click track yes you do play on a click track yeah. what was that like did that take you a little while to get used to um not, not for us really it yeah um, no maybe not i mean i they're just so all over the place that like I yeah. just always had to do this no matter what. So, right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I am. I, um, I yeah. I just I we we we. I, I think it all started with um, I bought an SPDSX and it has like a built-in click thing. So I'm just like I'm just gonna play to the click. Yeah. So then I actually built our entire show uh, off of the SPDSX. Okay. Um, which is a sample pad for you that don't know, but. Um, yeah, it's it's uh just you know you can choose your your tempo you you do it and you play along so I just plug my headphones into it and I uh, only I heard the click and then they would just follow me for more okay. like a um 
uh, I guess like a, a, a more of a raw feel like so okay. you know, they they're they would play just to me right. rather than having to hear click but I mean like the show has just developed and developed so now like you know we have some backtracks to fill out some stuff mm -hmm. uh, it gives you a lot more opportunities absolutely to, yeah. and we sure. have lights to that kind of, of like built lights that the whole like, crew yeah. Like, yeah yeah I, I, I was asking because like last year a, a, a pop artist asked me if I would play drums for them and I'd never played on a click track before and I was like, well, what do you mean? I was mm -hmm. like, and the, but the worst part was like, because I didn't own in-ears or anything, so they were doing it in the studio. And so like, I couldn't follow because I couldn't even hear it. I was like, my drums were louder than the click was. And so yeah. I was like, it was, it was, and so I was like, maybe I'm just like a shitty drummer. <laughs> but then I read, I read in Dave Grohl's book that he, he got asked to play at the Academy Awards and it was the first time he ever played on a click track. And he was like, I don't know how to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it's different for every every musician, every yeah, guy, yeah. especially every drummer. Like some some guys I know that are phenomenal drummers are just like, I no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because it's just, it takes away the feel and this Right, thing, right. Like, which, which is I, different for me. I was like, yeah, I was mean, only ever used to playing in a garage with a bunch of guys. You same, know? <laughs> I know, no, for sure. I just, I think like, uh, like you're saying, like it's just so, so many more, um, uh, uh, opportunity, uh, opportunities. Uh, so many um, different. What's what I'm trying to say here? Like, there's a, a much more options that you can. There is. There are way more options yeah. when you do. Yeah. Well, with click. With cl with. I mean, yeah. yeah, with click because you. I, I mean, as far as the show too. Well, it's a weird thing because when you're not playing with a click, it's like anything goes. It, like even if you fuck up, like you can right. kind of like. Yeah. massage it a little bit whereas mm -hmm. like I feel like with a click you gotta kind of be a little more on but then you can get back on really quickly kind of right. thing I don't yeah. know yeah it's yeah. I think our show our show, I've always wanted to have like the show be uh, fluid where he's like you mm -hmm. know you he wants to do a guitar solo or like you know Al's feeling this thing he's like let, let the bridge go or whatever like right. let's just like move into it but I think um, the you know the the um, balance of it is like that that's kind of cool um, but I also like the idea of like, you know, having, having a lot of, you know, having the lights and having things mm -hmm. sync up with it. Um, yeah. and you know, if you, the way that I kind of build the show is like, if you want to have those moments, you can, it's just all about kind of programming it and, you know, playing, mm -hmm. yeah, playing DJ. the mode a little bit. Essentially yeah. when I'm playing like drums has become my second instrument. Cause now I'm like DJ and like, you know, lighting right. guy and making sure right. that this is happening. Like back there, these, they're playing the show and I'm like, I'm, I'm juggling 14 things, but like. I would rather I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. This is just the way my mind works, and yeah. I need to be flowing through all these things. Otherwise, like playing drums, sometimes like I'll I'll like lose myself into something. Like, oh my god, I'm on stage right now. Yeah, <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean that's great. Uh, you know that you become so comfortable that that it is. It's just second nature now. I mean, it's I think it's a lot of help from from uh, Rulin in my uh, <laughs> in my early years. Okay. nothing more tell me uh tell me like what's uh for each of you guys like what's a, a pinch me moment you guys have had as as musicians True. damn like didn't you guys get to play with with like scott wyland one yeah you opened for scott wyland one year i mean that's yeah that was uh the year he died too i think yeah year he died, died, yeah died a few months later yeah uh man pinch me you know his last show was in toronto yeah yeah it was like days before yeah yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I think that like we 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 I mean I I speak speak for myself here um, that I think that there's just such like a, a high um, not expectation but like you know we 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 want to do a lot and mm -hmm. I think that everything is like cool but you once like we were saying earlier once something happens you're just like okay what's the next thing yeah you know I think that's kind of been engraved in all of us where like let's just keep working until until we can't 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, sometimes you don't realize it's a pinch me moment until, until, like, until, until like weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. being Why? in the studio you with know? like uh, with Scott at, from from Finger Eleven. Yeah, like an awesome pinch but... me moment. I, for me, recently we went to Sun Studios down to, in Nat- yeah. Yeah, yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. We recorded a, an acoustic version of Crack in the Glass that's going to be accompanied by a video that we're putting out probably in the next month or so. Yeah. And uh, I mean, man, I don't know. I'm a big like music history buff. Yeah. So like to me, that is. Uh, it was just an amazing moment as a musician to be in that room playing the song. Um, man, just taking it in, like being in that room was very special. Yeah. I think it was getting signed. Yeah. Because I remember like a week after we got, so I was like, wow, I was like, we worked so hard to like get to this point where like we're here it is. Like, yeah. you know. That was kind of hard to fathom. But when the moment that it was happening and we were in the office and we were signing right. the papers and like our label did a big thing for us where we had to like we performed like oh okay there's our new signing it didn't really like because you work so hard that in that moment you're just i don't know it just didn't hit you until like a couple days later you're just like holy fuck like yeah we just signed we just signed a fucking deal like this is cool they're gonna be paying for our record and like yeah fuck this is crazy that's cool man what about um what about like, know, what? the christmas song you guys did a christmas song with like moments going up sticks like isn't that yeah, that was dope that was yeah, yeah. That, how did that yeah, he's uh, awesome he's amazing gowan yeah we had a, a mutual connection with gowan and he basically uh heard some of our music and was like he was pitched this idea he had a christmas song and uh, he wanted like a feature band or artist on there, and uh, he liked our band, and yeah, reached well, out. Ori- well, originally, like the label wanted to recreate one of his songs, but in a more Christmas way. Okay. But then when we when we met with Lawrence, like he was like, I don't want to do that, and we were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to do that either. Like we yeah. rather come up with something from scratch. Yeah. And then uh, Gowan was just like, Hey, like I got this idea. We don't have to do it, but like. And he sent us his idea, and we were like, "This is fucking good." Yeah, yeah. The guy just—I just kind of mustered this thing up in two minutes. This is quick. He sends it. It's like, "This is incredible. This is brilliant. (laughs) Awesome. Cool." And we went in the studio, and yeah, he puts us all to shame. Yeah, big time. He is amazing. It's cool too that you guys actually got to do it with, because a lot of times with these like features. It's like you guys do it in two different cities. No, he he actually produced the track with the with the engineer. So we were in the studio and. He was like directing the whole session, and we were just sort of. Uh, he's a whiz, man. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, so we were sort of just uh, there to take soak it all in when we when we were in the studio. With yeah, him to like. Does that kind of make people. you feel like small too? You're like, well, look at this yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. This guy, yes. like, it's like you know, decades worth of knowledge packed in there. And I was I was depressed for one week after that. Probably, yeah, session. yeah. I mean, but for in, in good in, in for a good, good way, in a good yeah. way. But yeah, how much I have to learn. You mm-hmm. know, I went back. I'm like, I'm terrible. Like, I'm terrible. <laughs> I gotta yeah. I gotta work harder and be better. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he just puts you to it's shame. Humbling, it's humbling. Anyways. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so tell me, next, guys, what's like what's next for the band as we wrap this up? Like, what's you know, what are you guys looking forward to next? And and Play- what can, what can people expect next? We've got a bunch of shows that are gonna be happening in the fall. Uh, we're actually playing down at Sugar Beach. Uh, I don't know when this is out, but this on June first, uh, and then we're headed back to Nashville to uh, finish off. The writing of our album okay and we're going to be recording right into the fall just getting ready right to record and touring in the fall yeah gigging playing some shows Starting gigging and, yeah and touring um, for the new year that's it like a head, headlining tour yeah i think so nice. yeah headline tour um yeah so it'll be it's awesome be awesome guys well thank you guys for taking the, the time you. to come here today thank you for having us thanks yeah. for having us man awesome thanks guys
Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.